Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action, episode 14 of season five. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wexpo on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and side, at, at Side Action Podcast on Instagram. So, Action, uh, big Thanksgiving. You know, we, we actually taped on Thanksgiving, so we already went over our meals. But what did you do with the rest of the weekend? I mean, you were, uh, I mean, Indiana... Couldn't get it done, right? They yeah, lost they, it. Sorry, buddy. Purdue lost. I mean, Purdue won, and they backed yeah, cool. into the Big Ten championship, so that was pretty cool. We didn't That's end cool. up going to the game, but my family went down there. Melissa and I headed back north that day, and we yeah. skipped out on it. Yeah, you said it was for the, the wooden bucket or something? The oaken bucket, pretty close. The old, okay. It's an okay. old oaken bucket. Oh, sorry. And, uh, I think it's like 130 years old or so. And every time oh. they play, the winner gets an I or a P on the chain. And okay. then uh, they get to keep the bucket for the year until next year's game, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. I like that tradition. So I now mean, it's, it's, you know, it's no Paul Bunyan's axe or, yeah. you know, a little brown jug, but it's the old oaken bucket, you know. Well, Indiana and Michigan State play for the spittoon. Something, some sort, of, some sort of like spit can or something. That so. sounds pretty appropriate. Yeah, yeah. It's hawk a loogie in that thing. Get, get a big hunk of dip in there and start spitting in there. <laughs> so now the Boilermakers get their chance at uh, big championship where they're 17 point underdogs against the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, the Wolverines took care of Ohio State last week. They look pretty good. Um, not sure how Purdue's going to do. You know, good luck. Good Thank luck. you. <laughs> How was That's your weekend? Where's the championship? Indianapolis. Indy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You had a pretty low key weekend for the most part, as you know. Uh, I tried to. I've been trying to dial it back. Yeah. Try to get back in shape. Played volleyball three sessions over the weekend, and uh, that didn't include that Wednesday session I talked about in the last podcast. So I played a lot last week. Did answer the call on a late night Friday night and a late night Saturday run to. Get some drinks, so I did give in, but nice. that's okay. You know, all, all in, pretty good. I got another kind of low-key weekend. Hopefully, we'll see. And then this huge, we'll have to talk about next week on taping. I, I've got the big Christmas party week, which is like three days of drinking again in, in nice. Philly. But um, yeah, can't complain. We did, you know, it was I, I know we didn't do it as good. But we'll talk about the contest. We did pretty good, but in the pick'em, I did very well. Am I, I'm still leading in the pick'em, so don't want to jinx myself. But a couple of good weeks to roar back to the to the lead, so gotta keep it going. Sweet, very good. That's right. Well, let's talk about Week 12 in the NFL. Um, I, I listed a bevy of injuries. I know there's quite a few. When I do the injuries, there's too many. I'm sorry, action, but some of them I thought that were important. Um, I mean, let's start with Green Bay. You know, obviously Rodgers got knocked out of the game against the Eagles on, on Sunday night. It sounds like he's going to play. He has questionable. He's questionable with the ribs. You know, I thought for sure it'd be the Jordan Love era. Now that they're four and eight, but maybe just pride or whatever. They're just trying to. I mean, I guess they're technically not eliminated from the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to make it. What do you What do you think about the Rodgers injury? Well, I mean, it could be impactful to the line. I think there's got to be even with his injury and his poor play this year, it's still going to be a drop off between him and Jordan Love. Okay. So, just need to figure out whether he's. You know, I haven't read reports recently, but at some point you figure they're going to have to make the change because there's no sense in having Rodgers out there for a losing season. Right. right. Uh, I, I read, I'm not 100% sure Chase Young is going to play or not, but he's questionable still, but he could return for Washington. Their defense has been stellar already, so getting him would maybe put him over the top. Uh, I do like how they, they've been playing. Uh, Tristan Wirth uh, for Tampa is out with an ankle injury. You know, he's they've had trouble, you know, newsflash, they will get, jump ahead in the handicap. They didn't do so great in our pick here, but that could be why maybe he went out during the game and, and not protecting Tom Brady yeah. in the second half. Yeah, definitely. Some San Francisco injuries, and we'll talk about this in the handicap, 
Elijah Mitchell, you know, thanks for coming back for two weeks. You're out again with a knee injury. I see that McCaffrey and Jimmy G both had knee injuries are questionable. I expect them to play at just how limited they will be in this big game against Miami, which we'll talk about later. Um, Najee Harris left the game. I put San Francisco. Najee Harris for Pittsburgh uh, left the game on Monday night. Uh, and then you had a Benny Snell sighting in there. But he he's questionable. I'm not sure if he's going to play. It was an abdomen injury, which seems to be common throughout some of these some of these ones I saw. Yeah, Benny Snell look, came in and looks pretty spry himself. Both of those backs did some damage against the Colts on Monday night. They did. Um, for Philadelphia, they lost their free safety uh, with an abdomen injury in that game Sunday night. That's Chauncey Gardner-Robinson. Not sure that'll be a huge impact right now, but going forward, I think it could uh, if if he's out for a significant period of time. I was looking at this, and I don't know if he's going to be benched. You know, Andy Dalton, I mean, he, the guy's been terrible. I mean, they, he's been atrocious, but for some reason, I think they're going to stick with him this week. Have you read any reports that they're going to give Winston another shot? I haven't seen that, but I mean, it's can roll the dice there, I guess, <laughs> whichever way they turn up, can't do much better. So uh, again, uh, we'll talk about it when we get there, but the New Orleans Saints are taking money against their uh, division foe, the Bucks. They always do. They always do. Uh, in Minnesota, uh, we had Christian Darrisaw, the offensive tackle, he has a concussion. He's going through the protocol. I'm not sure if he practiced me or not. He's pretty key to their handicap, I and mean, he's really, really good yeah. player. Um, in Miami, you've got the offensive tackle. Taron Armstead is out with a pectoral injury. We'll talk about that in the San Francisco game. Aaron Donald, I mean, this the Rams, what a disaster this year. Uh, he's questionable with an ankle injury. You wonder if they'll just make a business decision or he'll make a business decision and not play. You heard anything about him this week? Yeah, he's out. And I also read that Matthew Stafford is going to be out as well. So right. hence the back. large yes. move in, against the Rams. I read that Travis Etienne has a foot injury and is questionable in Jacksonville, even though they came back in that, that game. Um, Jamar Chase and Mixon are still questionable for Cincinnati. Uh, in For the Bears, you know, they've, whatever, they're the Bears. Uh, Darnell Mooney and Eddie Jackson are both on IRL. More losses to that team, more reason to fade the Bears. And lastly, I did read that uh, Von Miller, he's, oh, you, you downgraded him to out in the Buffalo game tonight. Yeah, yeah, he's out. Got moved to IR. I just saw a headline here a couple hours ago. So that's maybe not that much. And then biggest news, Deshaun Watson, he's back. He's going to start against Houston, and he's going to have 10 of his victims watching the game. I don't know why everybody keeps talking about that. It's like, I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't care, but you think that if they were watching at home versus in the stands, I mean, is he going to be, are they going to be on the sidelines, like giving them the stink eye? I don't know. I read that as well. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes out of the gate. Surely he's going to be rusty. And going back to face off against his former team, there's just going to be a whole host of different emotions going on around that game. And Deshaun Watson specifically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. He's starting for one of my fantasy squads this week to try to get in the playoffs. So let's go. Uh, Let's review the games from last week. You know, we had some good picks and some, you know, ones that went the wrong way. But uh, the Jets, we talked about the Jets a lot. Uh, the Jets were four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. They turned to Mike White. He played really well. Um, he lit up the Bears for three touchdown passes, looked very capable. We do know the Bears' defense sucks. But he did what he needed to do, uh, and it looked pretty good in the start. Yeah, the Jets were awesome. I mean, they were moving the ball on every possession against Bears' defense, but like you said, it's hard to really take too much away from that because it is the Bears' defense. Right. The Bengals also uh, got it done for us. They were one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Uh, I don't know if this stayed at one-and-a-half in the end. I can't remember. But um, in the end, they beat Tennessee. It was a tight game, like kind of like we expected. I mean, Brable's teams just keep it close. But, you know, Cincinnati was able to get a, a touchdown late and keep Tennessee off the scoreboard, you know, to get a four-point win in that game, 30-14, to, 20, uh, to 14, for 20-14. to 14. So Cincinnati, I mean, you know, big matchup this week, but uh, they've got a really tough schedule actually down the stretch here. Yeah, definitely. And um, the Bengals really held down Derrick Henry, which I thought was the, my biggest takeaway in the game, only 63 yards rushing for the Titans last week. Mm-hmm. That's right. Henry only had 38 yards rushing. 
which has got to be a season low or close to it for him. I mentioned the Jacksonville game just because it was a kind of crazy game. The Jags were four-point dogs in that one at home. I told you, man, it's something about Jacksonville. How's the strip clubs? I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, it's a strip club handle. But they were, this was a back-and-forth game. Jacksonville was leading and then gave up the lead and then went for the final drive, scored a touchdown, had the opportunity to tie the game to go to overtime and said they went for two in the win. Great play by uh, Lawrence to Zay Jones, I believe, in the end zone. So 128-27, Baltimore kind of blows an opportunity here because they've got a really soft schedule down the stretch, but they pull even with Cincinnati now. They do have the tie break as they won head-to-head, but kind of a bad loss for the Ravens. Yeah, and a chance to ice the game late when Gus Edwards fumbled. That gave Jacksonville new life. And uh, on the other side, Trevor Lawrence played probably the game of his young career there in the fourth quarter leading them down on that last minute touchdown drive certainly uh was not something that i expected yeah me neither we'll see if that continues against your your local team this weekend um we picked the bucks you know we were on the bucks we like the bucks three and a half tom brady angle they've won a couple games in a row coming off the bye they look good early in this game i mean they they scored you know they were up by seven points in the fourth but something happened maybe it was the uh we were talking about the worst injury they really did nothing after seven minutes to go in the in the um, third quarter, and they ended up getting outscored, you know, obviously down the stretch, and gave up that late touchdown, and then the the, the OT touchdown to to lose outright 23-17. And what do you take away from this game? I mean, I still feel like the Bucks did enough to win. They again. Uh, Todd Bowles just had, had so many opportunities for them to ice this game late, and they just got super conservative. They took the ball out of Tom Brady's hands and just kept trying to force the run, right. and it didn't work predictably. They gave the ball back to the Browns, and then even on the last defensive play, they had an opportunity to stop them, and they let uh, Njoku match up against Devin White, probably the worst cover linebacker on the team, and right. he scored a touchdown to tie it. So. I mean, there was so many opportunities for Tampa to ice that game away and cover for us, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, it just didn't happen. Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens here down, down the stretch. I mean, they're still under 500. They're still leading the division. But, hey, don't look now. Carolina could still win the division. Um, <laughs> Washington was one of our picks, too. Four-and-a-half-point favorites here at home. I think this number went down to maybe four at close. But, man, we probably shouldn't have covered this one, actually. But, you know, they were up. In this game, it was a tight game. Uh, you know, leave it, you know, give Arthur Smith and Atlanta some credit. They were just driving late, but Mariota gets a ball tipped and intercepted in the end zone. I mean, I was like feverishly watching this game. I'm like, oh my gosh, are we going to lose this cover? And they did win 19 to 13 here. So they did bail it out as a big win for Washington, really, to, to stay. And they're in the playoffs as of today. Um, but leave it to God, Atlanta, man. This team is just bedeviling. Some weeks they just hang in there against tough opponents and other weeks they stink yeah yeah it really was a weird game but i mean uh the washington offense still looks good heineke is now i think eight and one against the spread this year as a starting quarterback and i've noted that brian robinson since he's come back has really given them another dynamic weapon out of the backfield over 100 yards rushing last week yeah he's really good Seattle, we were on them. We were, they were green. Sorry, Ridgeway, you, you, your team failed us. Uh, three and a half point favorites at home. I think, and coming off the bye, the Raiders. Leave the Raiders. They're not giving up. Apparently, they they win another game in overtime. And more importantly, you know, Seattle, similar situation. A lot of these games were similar. Teams up by a touchdown late, trying to hold on. Most of the teams did not hold on. Uh, getting those fourth quarter touchdowns late, late, and they, you know, the Raiders scored a touchdown to tie, pushed it to overtime, and Josh Jacobs just ripped off an 86-yard run. He ran for like 223 in the in the game. He's now leading the league in rushing now, and they win the game outright, 40 to 34. So that Seattle defense just stunk. Yeah, 576 yards of offense for the Raiders. Not gonna get it done. And uh, that was another demoralizing loss on back-to-back weeks. The Raiders scored overtime touchdowns to beat us. Yeah, I know. That's rough. So, sorry, we're not going to go against the proxy. Never again, proxy. Please. (laughs) A couple other games we mentioned uh, last week. Arizona, uh, they were three-and-a-half-point dogs at home with the Chargers. And, you know, it was one of these situations where I knew we couldn't trust the Chargers. So, 
it was good we stayed away from this game, but you know they were up in this game. I mean, well, they're up early, then Arizona comes back, takes the lead, and Arizona just blows this game outright. They they cover the number, but they lose 25-24. There's obviously a lot of issues with Kingsbury and Murray. A lot of talk this week about you know he doesn't trust the scheme, and now Patrick Peterson is talking smack about Murray. But mm-hmm. what can you say? The Chargers, man, they they still haven't performed to you know, our expectations. Yeah. I mean, not a stellar performance at all. Only, uh, you know, sub five yards per play offensively. And they really had to scratch and claw to get back in this game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they really should have lost when it comes down to it. It was kind of a miracle win in the end. Right. Uh, I kind of mentioned this already. The Eagles uh, played against the Packers. You know, we did actually on the pod, we talked about taking the Eagles in the contest minus seven. It got trimmed to minus six and a half. It, you know, it closed and, Really, that was the right number. We talk about the best of the number because, in the end, Rodgers was putting up some numbers in the first half, and it was a you know kind of a back and forth game, a very high scoring game. It almost went over in the first half, and then when Rodgers got knocked out, Love did enough to get some points on the board to get it to the seven. So they lose forty to thirty three, but obviously the you know the birds covered the six and a half. Yeah, I I went to sleep. I gotta be honest, didn't watch the second half. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't blame you. It was a, it was kind of a boring game. But Monday Night Football, you know, your team was kind of an interesting game. Uh, the Steelers were two-and-a-half-point favorites at Indy. I did like the Steelers. We didn't end up going with the contest, which is fine. Steelers came out. They were kind of rolling. It was 16-3 to three at halftime. They looked dominant. Mm-hmm. But then a big kickoff in the second half for the Colts. They score a touchdown. They get another score. Actually take the lead 17-16 to 16 in this one. And then, you know, Kenny Pickett, man, he's, he's doing his thing. Pickens, you know, spreading the ball around. All of a sudden they get the score, and then – in this game was kind of weird. I mean, you could talk about it. Jeff Monday, he can't. He's not Jeff Monday, dude. He doesn't know when to call timeouts. They end up losing the game 24 to 17, and I'm not sure what was going on at the end of that drive. But and Matt Ryan too. You can't give yourself up short of the first down. And was that fourth down that happened? At fourth down, right? No, no, I don't think it was fourth down because they ended up getting an incompletion on fourth down. Yeah, but bad clock management and. I found it hilarious, all the people on Twitter who were going back and rehashing old Jeff Saturday tweets of him calling out other coaches for clock management snafus. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what to say. They might be tank. They might be trying to lose. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, do, do you think the Steelers, I mean, they played pretty good. Like, I'd say like three quarters of the game they played well. They had one, the third quarter they played poorly. But the first yeah. half of the fourth quarter they looked pretty good. Yeah, the Steelers look great. I mean, I think that Pickett and Pickens have definitely found something offensive connection-wise. And uh, with Watt back on the defensive line, I think this team is definitely one that's ascending for sure. Yeah, I like it. Well, general trends, there's not much to report here. It was a split all down the middle. Underdogs, 8-8 eight and eight with the favorites, unders and totals, 8-8 eight and eight again. Um, three, teams, or three games did come down to the spread here, so it did boost the percentage up a little bit, but... For the most part, man, these these numbers are getting really tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, we always knew that they were going to bounce back to center. It's just only a matter of time. And I still think, though, on the season that unders are have a pretty dominant stranglehold. I think I heard one stat today is like 55% unders. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as bookmakers hear that and the news gets out more in the sports gambling media space, you got to figure that eventually there's going to be some value on overs here coming down the stretch. So it's just a matter of picking the right spots. That's right. And same with the underdogs. I mean, for the season, the underdogs have still ruled the mm-hmm. day. It's just slowly but surely it's kind of getting back to center. Let's go over this week, uh, week 13. We've got two teams on by in the Cardinals and the Panthers. Um, we've got a game tonight that'll start in a little, about an hour or so. Bills Patriots, you know, we remember this game last year when the Patriots in the win game, they held down the, the Bills. Yeah. Everybody talked about it. And then the Bills just apparently, you know, they, they haven't punted in two games against them. Uh, so, you know, the Bills open as a five and a half point favorite at New England, 44 and a half point total. It's down to three and a half now in the contest. It's pretty attractive because I think it's four on the market right now, 44-point total. I mean, it doesn't matter for our listeners. Usually they'll listen tomorrow, but who do you like in this one? Well, I, I'm 
just following some of the sharp money. I think that uh, the Patriots are the side here tonight, going from five and a half down to three and a half. Right. You're right; it ticks back to four in some shops, but the sharper ones are still showing three and a half. So I don't know why. I think uh, that Josh Allen is still quite not quite 100. percent right. That's probably one big factor because defensively, New England has performed pretty well this season, and I think that. Uh, you know, if you're looking that direction, it's likely that New England's defense is going to play well against that Buffalo offense. Yeah, the defense for the Bills hasn't played well, right? I mean, they haven't mm-hmm. stopped anybody lately, especially in key spots. I mean, I do think the Bills are better. The hook is terrible, three and a half or four. So yeah. I can see why the Sharps are going based on the numbers. I think the Bills are going to win the game, but uh, but we'll see. You know, the New England is still in the playoff hunt. They're on the outside looking yeah. in. They need to win this game just to stay relevant because there's a lot of teams in the mix in the AFC. For sure. All right, let's start with the the games on Sunday. We've got the Packers coming to the Bears. You know, always a we, we call it a rivalry game, even though like they had to win like all the games in the '80s to keep up for with all the games they've lost in the '90s and 2000s. So um, <laughs> the Packers open as a four and a half point favorite on the road, 42 and a half point total. The total's up to 44 and a half. 45 and a half point uh, is the 44 and a half is the spread now, same as before. It's all about Rodgers for me. If he plays, you got to go with the pack. I mean, you have to. He owns the Bears. If he doesn't play, though, which he probably will play, does that change your handicap in this game with the four and a half? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I pulled up the injury report here, and they're listing Rodgers as probable. They're also listing Justin Fields as probable, which I thought was kind of curious because, I mean, I saw a report come out today that he was uh, full practice, and now I'm reading probable with a dislocated left shoulder and partially torn ligament. And it's expected that he'll line up for Sunday's clash against the Packers. And that's just shocking to me because he's a young franchise quarterback. Why would you risk him in this season? Well, I hope that doesn't happen. Honestly, I, I am surprised that they're putting that out there, but mm-hmm. it's just weird. Maybe they're just trying to get people to show up to the game. Uh, it could be smoke. <laughs> could be smoke, right? So, I mean, I'm not saying we have to go with the pack here, but I, I do think the Packers win this game. I, I know that they don't have anything to play. Well, I guess they're not totally out yet, but besides just dominating the Bears. I mean, the Bears have been a bet on team for a couple of weeks, but last week we were on them without fields, and we were against them without fields, and I feel the same way. The defense is still bad. Now they got no Eddie yeah. Jackson, no Mooney. I don't know. Even if fields played, I don't know if they could keep up with this team, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I definitely think that if fields is confirmed out, there's value on the Packers here at this number. Yep. Um, but the only thing that gives me some slight pause is the Packers run defense still ranked dead last and to go on the road and lay points with that bad of a run defense is difficult. Okay. Let's stay away for now. We can talk about it. We need some extra ones. Um, let's go to the next one. The Browns going to the Texans. Uh, so the Browns open as a six and a half point favorite with a 45 point total at seven points now for the Browns on the road at Houston, 47 point total. Here's the game we were talking about the, Watson return game, you know he's going to be rusty, but I don't know, man. This Texans team has been weird this year. They they have covered some numbers for us, or at least we've talked about it, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I don't trust them uh, in this spot. I think seven's a big number, of course, for the Browns, but I don't see them stop his run game. Houston's so bad against the run. I mean, mm-hmm. so I'd have to go Browns or pass for me, buddy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I have zero interest in betting on the Texans. I, It's going to take a lot for me to put my money behind them the rest of the season, in fact. Right. Because uh, going from Davis Mills to, um, Kyle I don't even, yes, Allen, thank you, is a, obviously a downgrade. And uh, Damian Pierce has fallen off a little bit as well, the running back. Yeah. And on the other side, I don't see how there's any way that they're going to be able to stop the Browns rushing attack. And I expect that Deshaun Watson is going to get some of those carries too. Mm-hmm. So I think that the Browns are going to be primed to put up a ton of points in this game. And I like them lane seven. Well, the Browns offense hasn't been that bad with Brissett. You know, I mean, assuming Watson can still throw the ball a little bit, I mean, they're going to score a lot of points. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. I mean, maybe Houston puts up some points, but – are you considering putting this to yellow, or we stay away? Yeah, I would consider the Browns. Yeah. You? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. 
I picked up Watson and the Browns' defense in one of my same fantasy teams. I'm all in on that game. You got to—I'm sure—I'm sure Chubb's rushing prop is like 85 yards or something. But oh, I bet it—I bet it's going to be triple digits. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, next big game in the NFC East. You've got Washington going to the Giants. Washington is a one-point favorite. They're up to two and a half in the contest. The total's from 41 to 40 at the Giants here. So it's a little tough, man. I love the Commanders. We've talked about this for weeks. We've, we've been all out of hockey. You know, the way this defense is played. The Giants are descending. There's no question. Do you think it's just too many points? I mean, it's two and a half is not a huge number. It's within the key number. But I do like the Commanders to win the game. I just, I don't know. I'm getting a little, getting a little nervous about the number. There was some steam on Washington here on Tuesday. Okay. I think this number was like one and a half. Mm-hmm. It looks like one on the opener. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was pretty widespread move to take this up to two and a half. Yep. And I heard some interesting tidbits uh, doing some research on this game that uh, Washington actually has a bye next week. You do. And his- this is a historically profitable spot with a team playing a divisional foe with the bye on deck. And I think when you add in looking at their game the following week, they actually go and play the Giants again I know. three weeks from now. So you have a Washington team who is 100% focused on one opponent, yep. whereas the Giants are doing some homework on their next week's opponent. And I think that is going to be a huge factor in this game. And I, I like Washington, to be honest. I, you know I like Washington. We can definitely put a yellow on there. I do. I really don't understand the scheduling spot. I mean, it makes no sense for you know really the Giants, I guess. You're playing the same team within three weeks, and you get the team with a buy between. I, I don't know this ever happened mm-hmm. before. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. But I do think that you know the Giants. You can see it. Saquon's definitely not playing as good, and the defense is starting to crumble. But um, okay, let's put a yellow on there. I can be talked into the Washington. I mean, I love Washington. So. Yep. Okay, Jags going to the Lions. Uh, Jags open as a pick on the road. Lions. The total is 51. Now the Jags are favored by one on the road. Total of 51. Look, this is a really interesting game. I mean, neither team is going anywhere. I don't think, obviously, this year. It's more of a future game. The Jags, you know, it's it's what you believe. Both, I mean, Detroit's been playing well. We know this. They've covered, what, four or five in a row. Uh, they should have probably even won last week. The Jags finally got off the schneid and looked pretty good against Baltimore. Is that enough to get them going, or are you, you all over the Lions on the spot? I like the Lions in this game. I know that we've seen some early week movement towards the Jacksonville side, but I I think that uh, Detroit is playing equally as good as this team. I think um, both offenses are likely going to have some success in this one. The Lions defense is obviously not good, 26th ranked, but the Jacksonville defense is no much better, only at 24th. And uh, that Detroit offense has been scoring against almost all opponents this season. So I think that uh, catching a point here at home is kind of valuable. I don't agree with the line move. Okay. It's tough for me, man. I, it's going to be a great game to watch. It's going to be fun. I don't think either defense is that great. Uh, I know the Jags started off pretty good, but I don't think they're playing as good now. So mm-hmm. let's stay away for now. I know you, you okay. got your Lions jersey underneath that sweatshirt. <laughs> um, <laughs> or you got a little It's a quarter set. Quarter set. You're like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Brothers. Um, <laughs> Let's go to the next game. We got the Titans and the Eagles. Uh, Eagles open as a six-point favorite at home. I'm assuming it's a favorite. Uh, 44-point total. They're down to four and a half in the contest. 44 and a half-point total. So I'm not sure if that's an accurate line move. I mean, it's it's just because you know what can we cut could be said. I had the opener at seven, so that's true. <sighs> Look, man, I don't know what to believe. The Eagles, obviously, we know they start off gangbusters and they're totally cooling off. The defense isn't playing so good. But the Titans also are one of these, the, the favorite, you haven't used this term this year, paper tiger. It's your paper, paper tiger. Paper. <laughs> i got to make a paper tiger and bring it up, show it every <laughs> time. Um, so anyway, I'd be on the Eagles, dude. I I know the move is the, the Titans. I, I understand that he's it's Rabel, it's the guy, but four and a half is a little short. I I make this number way higher. So unless there's an injury I need to know about, I, I'd be all over the uh, Eagles here. Well, I mean, there there are some injuries. They're starting to add up for the Eagles on the defensive side of the football. Uh, mm-hmm. Gardner Johnson hitting the um, injury report this week and add that to the defensive tackle, yeah. um, Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some J name. 
Um, they brought in Sue and the other veteran, but I don't know that they are on the quite quite the same level. And now you have the number one rushing offense that's coming to town. And so uh, I think that could be a little bit tricky for this Philadelphia Eagles defense with Derrick Henry coming in. And I think that's the reason that you've seen this move go down to four and a half. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that I can get on the side of the Eagles here. I would probably have a lean to the Titans, Mm -hmm. but um, I I would be okay passing as well. Yeah, let's just pass. I mean, it's, it's the descent of the Eagles. The other thing about the Eagles early in the season, the record, I mean, the uh, opponents were chumps, right? They didn't play anybody tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, they played the Minnesota in what week two or something. They played the the Cowboys without Dak, so yeah, they haven't really played anybody yet. Um, so maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that's why the move's there. Let's stay away from that spot. Okay. Next game is the Steelers against the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons open as a two point favorite at home, and now they're down to a one point dog in the contest. The total went from 42 and a half down to 42. I do agree with the move. I think the Steelers are probably the better team now. It's just the Falcons, man, this team always seems to be hanging around uh, in certain games. I'm not sure this is the game. They're not They're not a big dog, and <clears throat> they're at home. But I do like the way that the Steelers are playing better offense and the defense is coming back. So I could get on board with the Steelers here. Yeah, make that too. I, I think the Steelers are probably my favorite pick this week. Mm-hmm. They're obviously showing some momentum coming off of the Monday Night Football win. Uh, they've got TJ Watt back on the defensive line and they have a number one or I'm sorry, number eight ranked rush defense, which is imperative when you're going up against the Falcons. And, uh, I think another reason that you've seen some money come in on the Steelers, not only last week, but again, early this week is they have the number one ranked strength of schedule, Mm -hmm. most difficult faced this year. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of their metrics are a little bit jaded because of that. Sure. So couple that with the fact that Pickett and Pickens are definitely trending upwardly. I think that's a good reason to back the Steelers here. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Picking to pick it. Don't, don't forget about Firemuth. I like Firemuth too. I like that type. Firemuth. <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple more in the one o'clock window. We've got the Broncos going to the Ravens. The uh, Broncos is a nine point favorite at home, 38 and a half point total. It's up to 39 and a half as the total. And then eight and a half in the contest. This is a tough one, man. The Broncos suck. I mean, they sucked again last week. Uh, you know, we obviously did we pick against them. We should have. No, it was Carolina. That's oh, why. Right, right. We should have. <laughs> Carolina put them down. But the Ravens eight and a half. This is way too big of a line. They, they can't cover against anybody, can they? I mean, have they covered that much this season? It feels like, you know, the Broncos stink. They can't score. Nobody cares about the, you know. What's his name? What's the coach's name? Hackett. He's um, Hackett. He's yeah, the Hackett. coach by far. You got, you know, let's ride. Let's ride, Wilson. Like, listen, brother. Like, come on. Your team sucks. So I just can't get on board. But that's too big of a number for, for the Ravens, even against the Broncos for me. You're right. Baltimore, four, six, and one against the number this season, but not to be outdone by the three and eight Denver Broncos. So, <laughs> Which is also the record. Uh, <laughs> that's ironic um i mean i think you're right that I, I have denver is another team that is on my do not bet list right. so no i'm way. definitely not going on that side but um i do agree with you that the number looks to be a touch inflated and it does seem like a situation where the baltimore ravens could let in an, yet another opponent into the back door right that's i don't want that can't do that no back door all right, uh, the last one in the 1 o'clock window is the New York Jets going to the Vikings. Vikings open as a three-point favorite at home, 42-point total. It's up to 44-and-a-half, uh, and it's still the same spread, three in the contest at home. They kind of get a little mini-buy, I guess you could say, right, playing on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And they're playing you know, AFC East opponents back-to-back. Am I stupid to think the Jets are a better team than Vikings? No. No, I think uh, I've got the – I have Minnesota half a point better yeah. on a neutral. Give them probably two and a half for home field, one of the stronger home fields in the yeah. league, and you get pretty close to three, yeah. I'll admit. And also, uh, 
you know, we can do a direct comparison to the line from Thanksgiving when the Patriots came to town and they were also catching three. Mm-hmm. So you, I guess you got to kind of ask yourself, how do you rate the Jets compared to the Patriots right now to see if there's value here? Um, I can tell you what I... I mean, Mike White is an upgrade over Wilson. We already saw that even against the bat. Now, yeah. so does defense mm-hmm. sucks. I mean, what are they, 28th, 29th? They're terrible. 23rd. Yeah, yeah. they're bad. So it's not like they're facing, you know, whatever, the 49ers or something here. It's it, The thing I guess I would say is, and I think it's it's about the Jets' defense. Can the Jets' defense slow down and really not stop the Vikings? But the total tells you a lot here. This is a Vikings mm-hmm. offense that can score a lot of points. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like can the Jets keep up, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And to me, if the Jets can play the way they played at Green Bay – when they played at the Broncos, even the, even at the, the at the Patriots, they play that kind of game. They can win this game, you know, outright. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure. You know, I mean, they played good against the Bears, but the Bears were terrible. So, um, I don't know. I'm being inclined. I mean, I, I guess what I'm, bottom line is, I'm Jets or pass here. I'm not going to take the yeah. here. But I don't know if we put it in the contest or not. 100% agree with that statement. I I agree. I, I have no interest in the Vikings. The the total, though, I think paints a picture that you just kind of led us to because mm-hmm. opened at 42. You've now seen a ton of money come in on the total. The, mm-hmm. There's a 45, a pinnacle, uh, 44 and a half in other places. So I think that uh, betters are looking at a higher scoring game, mm-hmm. which may lend a little bit less value to the dog here. Right. So um, I think we should highlight the Jets, though, mm-hmm. maybe come back to them because I do think that defensively they are – capable of stopping the Vikings. And of course, Sauce Gardner is one of the best DBs in the league. You need an, a weapon like that to take away uh, Jefferson. Yeah, that'll be a great matchup to watch on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The only other thing we have to mention, of course, it's the one o'clock window. It's the, you know, yeah. her cousin's window. So right. whatever. Uh, okay, let's go to the four o'clock window. And let's just say most of these games are really pretty fun. Um, let's start with the first one. You got the Dolphins going to the 49ers. Um, the, the 49ers open as a four-point favorite. It's still four points in the market. I've seen that fluctuate. It's gone down and up uh, on that one. 46-point total up to 46.5. This is a classic matchup, defense versus offense, right? You get this amazing offense that's been rolling points. You know, I've heard that they, they've averaged in the last eight games 23 points in the first, 22 points in the first half the last eight games. Um, 49ers, obviously, they haven't given up – I don't think any points in the last four games in the second half. So I'm inclined to take San Francisco, even though four points is not a great number, mainly because the Dolphins haven't played anybody for like weeks. But those injuries kind of give me some pause because, you know, they're going to have to score. 49ers have to score 21 points to win this game. That's the way I look at it. If they can't score 21, they're going to lose. Maybe be 24-21. But um, what do you think? Yeah, I, um, I'm i in agreement with you. I lean to the Niners' side, maybe not quite as strongly mm-hmm. as you do. But I do think that there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Yeah. Another total that you've seen tick up a little bit, 46 to 46.5, mostly in the market. And I agree with that move. I think that sides are going to be able to put some points on the board mm-hmm. despite San Francisco's uh, blanking last week of New Orleans. Right. Uh, I think Miami's capable of scoring on them. So the question is, do you think that Jimmy G is going to be able to outduel Tua and outscore them by four plus? And I'm I'm not so certain of that. Yeah, I'm not either. I think it's what's Miami's run defense because it's it's going to be a lot more running and passing on the backfield to me. Mm-hmm. Although I thought the Dolphins were bad in the secondary. Twelfth ranked uh, rush defense for the Dolphins. And they're fifth ranked when you look at the defensive line metrics, adjusted line yards. Right. And their pasty? Pasty is a little worse, 25th ranked. Yeah. Man, this is a game where you got to have like Debo and Ayuk go off. And it's, it's you know, Jimmy G. He doesn't throw outside the numbers. It's really, a, he's a weird quarterback. He throws yeah. right in front of him every time. Shoo, shoo, just right in front of him. Crossing routes, slants all day long. Um I don't know. I mean, I'd be happy to stay away and watch the game action and see what happens. I just feel like four might be a bad number. I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be 
They're going to score more than 46 and a half, though. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game, and uh, I just have a hard time laying four in a game that I think is going to be relatively close. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Stay away. Okay. All right, here we go. The Seahawks going to the Rams. Uh, I don't know when this number was pulled, but, you know, the Rams – or for, Seahawks open as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. It's up to seven now in the contest. 41-and-a-half point total down to 41. Stafford is, you said, out. That's probably a big part of the, you know, the, the move here. You know, Perkins was okay. He was running around, but he's not enough. But the Seahawks' defense looked so bad last week, man. I mean, mm-hmm. hard to back this team – I wanted to see a good performance, right, against the Raiders. Raiders are much better offense than the Rams, no question. But, um, you know, the Seahawks did, up, did put up some points. But so I guess I guess it favors the Seahawks. But it's just a low total game for such a big, big favorite. Yeah. I should uh, revise. I'm reading now doubtful for Stafford. So, I mean, close. Yeah, but uh, that's definitely something that I want to watch because I think that if Stafford is out for certain, I like the Seattle side in this yeah. game because I was not impressed with Perkins last week against Kansas City. And uh, despite Seattle's poor play last week defensively, I think that they'll be able to stop the Rams because, remember, Cup is still out yep. and Allen Robinson is now out for the season. So, I mean, they just are devoid of weapons on that side of the ball. They are. They're terrible. Got to be the worst repeat, like the worst defending yeah. champion ever in, in the Super Bowl era. Um, okay, I mean, are you are you thinking this is a contest pick, though? I would consider them in the contest. I, I think it would be somewhat sure. contrarian also. Yeah. I don't see a lot of people lining up to lay seven points with Seattle. No, I don't see that, especially after last week. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll put it on there for the contrarian. I know we got to make right. some picks somehow, right? Uh, okay, next game. This is probably the best game of the weekend. It's Kansas City going to the Bengals. Rematch of last year, not just during the season, but also the AFC Championship game. Uh, but the Bengals are the host here. So Chiefs open as a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, 52-point total. It's now to two in the contest with a 53-point total. This is tough, man. I, okay, Jimmy Wegg's narrative says Kansas City wins the game because they're doing the revenge spot. They figured out how to play against the Bengals' defense. But mm-hmm. numbers tell me to take Cincinnati – they're better in my metrics, and they're getting points at home. So I, I, I'm thinking the Bengals here, dude. Yeah, I, I think that I, uh, I'm with you on that. Um, I make the spread on a neutral three and a half, and so I mean, mm-hmm. probably the number seems to be about right. But uh, just looking back the last several games, the uh, Bengals have really found something. Yeah. They've now covered three in a row, and. Uh, like nine, eight out of the last nine. So I think uh, Cincinnati is really rounding into form and they have figured out how to attack that cover two defense that has given the league fits this season. And uh, so the running game is, is going well also. And I think that if you're going to attack this Kansas city defense, that's the one way to do it is running the football. So I think that the Bengals are going to be able to have some success against them. I mean, Chase, I'm reading his limited practice, so he obviously helped them quite a bit. Yeah. He really wants to play in this game. <laughs> They're limiting his reps in practice, but uh, yeah. So I guess let's put at least a yellow on the Bengals. I mean, it's yeah. got to be a great game, great football game. Hopefully one of the better ones we've seen this year, not, not a blowout like the Dallas-Minnesota game or something like that. My only concern is if the news comes out that Chase is playing yeah. for whatever reason, you're going to see like everyone in the contest on the Bengals, and the yep. number will probably crash through three as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mean crash oh, down through three? Oh, oh wait. Oh, oh wow. We're getting points. Sorry. This game, buddy. Yeah, I misread that. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking the Bengals are favored by two. I like no. it even more. <laughs> no, that's what I was saying. Like when you were saying that there, I've got like on a neutral, there's like maybe one point there should be favored. By one point, yeah. I got like one and a half, like two and a half to three favored in this game. So there's definitely some value in that to me. All right, let's lock in the Bengals. I'm making them green. All right, green. Let's go. All right, last four o'clock, you got the Chargers against the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers open as a one point favorite on the road, 49 point total. The total's up to 50 and a half with a one point. Now the Raiders are favored. Seems like everybody's on the Raiders right now, dude. Uh, what's going on? What's happening here? I mean, 
two weeks ago, this team was terrible. Now, all of a sudden, they're playing good. I mean, they've won some tough games. I know the Chargers aren't playing great. Um, everybody in Beeson is all over the Raiders here. It, it scares me a little bit. It's like, let me just put that out there. Uh, but uh, would you be on the Raiders? Set? Yeah, yeah. It's mostly just to do with the Chargers' terrible run defense, right. 28, 29th ranked against the run in 28 when you adjust for line yards defensively. And Josh Jacobs is running like a man possessed right now. He is. Uh, the Raiders are number four running the football and number one at adjusted offensive line yards. And I think that uh, the Chargers are going to be in a world of hurt this weekend with Josh Jacobs running the rock. My only pause is that the Raiders have now played two straight weeks of pretty long overtime games. Oh, yeah. And I think that is uh, going to catch up to them at some point. So... Honestly, I, I probably would like the Raiders a lot more in the first half in this game, mm-hmm. but uh, I would still consider them for the contest if we could be convinced collectively. Okay. Well, let's put it as a yellow. We consider it. Okay. I liked it better when they were the dogs, honestly. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's it's a basically a pick them now, so. All right. The sun- yeah, this, this number has bounced around wildly all mm-hmm. week. I think it was up close to three at one point before that wave of Raider money came in. No, I know. I know. It's weird. Okay, so uh, the Sunday night game. Boy, your Colts are getting all the primetime action now. I hope you like that. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> the Colts. Jeff, uh, Sunday night. It's, what is up? The Colts are playing <laughs> the Cowboys. Uh, they obviously come a short week. Uh, I guess this gives them a little bit of rest for the evening. The Cowboys open as a 10.5-point favorite. Uh, it's 10.5 in the contest. The total's 43, up to 44.5. You know, I like the Cowboys here. Uh, no no jokes here. I do love the Cowboys. I've got them, actually, as a bigger favorite. I just, man, that's a lot of points, man. 10.5, I mean, can the Colts, like, you know, play good defense for a little bit and, you know, shock the world? I, I don't think... I don't think they can. I think Matt Ryan's going to get destroyed in this game. But 10.5, I mean, they did. There were a couple of big covers last week, right? The Chiefs covered and the and the Dolphins covered big numbers. Mm-hmm. Would you consider getting on board the Cowboys or just too much for you? Yeah, I would. I think uh, this is a huge mismatch between the Cowboys defense and the Colts offense. I'm just looking at the DVOA numbers right now, and the Colts are still – 31st or 32nd in every offensive category and the Dallas Cowboys are number one in almost every defensive category so I just don't see how the Colts offense is going to be able to score much against this outfit and uh, on the other side I think uh, despite the Colts mediocre defense that uh, Pollard is uh, really Pollard and Elliott they Mm -hmm. have now figured out how they mesh together Elliott's kind of like the goal line touchdown vulture and Pollard is catching balls out of the backfield and running wild Mm -hmm. so I think the Cowboys can definitely cover this number let's go green man let's go all in on this one I don't think it's a highly picked game because it's a ten and a half and so if we're on it it's in my picks in terms of index picks so i i like it a lot um yeah i was really hoping to see a 10 i set an alert on my app for 10s and one popped up today and i nabbed it but that didn't last very quickly so good shot did you get it yeah okay good bet online all right uh monday night we've got another exciting one uh the saints are going to the bucks uh the bucks open as a six point favorite at home now they're down to three and a half Total from 40 to 40 and a half. So, I don't know, man. We've talked about this over the last couple of years. The Saints do own the Bucks for some reason in this matchup, mainly because of that defensive line, I guess. Now you got the injury to Wirfs. Not sure if he's going to be outright out of this game, but I don't like this game at all. I want to stay as far away from it as possible because my numbers tell me the Bucks should win this game pretty easily, but the Saints always defy us uh, when they do this. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, Tampa did get the cover in game one this year, right? If I recall. Yeah, I think you're right, they did. I meant to look. But I'm I'm with you totally. I I want no part of this game either. I think the number is pretty right on now, three and a half. Mm -hmm. And uh, while I respect the Saints move, probably for various reasons, I think Worfs is a big factor in that too. And I th- uh, historically, a team coming off of a shutout is very profitable too. So, I mean, you're going to see mm-hmm. 
you're going to see an inflated number, which I think a lot of people thought the six was on open, and they nabbed it up. So. Yep. Also, maybe the total being low because of that shutout, right? So mm -hmm. uh, we'll mm -hmm. see. Let's stay away. Yeah, well, agreed. Let's review some of the picks and see if we need to augment, but I think we're doing okay. Uh, we got the Browns minus seven at Houston with the return of Watson. We've got the Commanders at the Giants uh, laying two and a half on the road. The Steelers weighing a short one on the road at the Falcons. The Jets getting three points at the Vikings. Seattle laying seven at the Rams. The Bengals getting two against the Chiefs in that big marquee matchup. We got a lot of picks this week. The Raiders yeah. minus one at home against the Chargers. And then the Cowboys laying the wood minus ten and a half against the Colts on Sunday night. So, again, a lot of favorites, but there are a couple of dogs there to keep that in mind for our picks in the final. Well, let's talk about the Circa Million. Uh, you know, we, we went three and two last week, pretty solid. We're at like 54%, uh, 1,369th place, which is whatever. It's in the top third or something. But I noted, I, I went back to look at the annals. We have exactly the same points as last year, actually. Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Because, like, I kind of felt like we had a little swoon here in the, you know, middle part of the season. So, we got, you know, that, that makes me feel better. Like, I thought we didn't do as well. Oh, no, we're doing just like we always do. So maybe we can do a little better down the stretch like we did last year. Uh, the top dog's coming back to us a little bit at 70%, 71%, at 40, basically 42 and a half. And then the top 100, which is actually the top 68 with ties, is at 63%. So they're at 38. So we're only five and a half back from the, the money. So we still got a good shot with about you know, six weeks to go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like that we're rounding it to form. I mean, we could have easily gone 5-0 and last week. We had two three-and-a-half-point favorites that went to overtime, and ironically, both of them had touchdowns scored against them. If those touchdowns had gone the other way, obviously we would have covered and gone 5-0. and I know. So we got it in us. Get that 5-0. and Let's do it. All right, well, let's talk about the World Cup now. We're in the knockout round. There is one more, I guess tomorrow there's one more round of uh, pool yeah. play to get the last two slots or just the last two games set. So we've got 14, oh wait, is that right? 12, 12 teams qualified so far. 12 teams yeah. qualified, including the U.S. So talk about the strategies and, and teams you like in this round and, and how it changes from pool play to, uh, to the knockout round. Well, I mean, I think you're on to something there. It's a, just a totally different ball game mm -hmm. now when you go from the group phase down to the knockouts because – uh, teams can afford a loss, which we saw with Argentina in game one, and we saw with Germany, who that cost them. Yeah. And even Spain lost a game today and still advanced. So yeah. now it's uh, all the marbles going into the knockout phase, and I think you're going to see a lot of managers that are putting out their best lineups game in and game out, which they didn't necessarily do in the group phase. Right. Do you – well, are some of the teams that you liked, for example, you, you got Japan cashing, getting out. Mm -hmm. You know, they've, they've got an interesting matchup. Do you like those teams in the knockout round, or you just totally abandon all that stuff what they did in the pool play and, and reset it? Well, it, it kind of depends on the matchup. I mean, uh, me personally, I'm going to be looking at some of the matchups here. I – unfortunately really like morocco as mm -hmm. well who is japan's opponent yep. and so in that particular game i think that i'm going to be siding with the moroccans um just just but another... action they're playing croatia japan oh my they bad okay spain that's right that's right yes thank you morocco did end up topping the group so mm -hmm. that flipped um I do like Morocco against Spain, though, since we're on the subject. That's one game I'm definitely going to look hard at. I think that the USA team has a really fighter's chance against uh, the Netherlands on Saturday yep. because they have that trio of midfielders between Musa and Tyler Adams and uh, McKenney who have just been dominating all of their opponents. We saw them go toe-to-toe -to -toe with England, and I think that England's a better side than the Netherlands right now. So I did bet USA on a, a pick'em line, which is plus zero, at okay. plus 225. Oh, that's good. That's nice. And then some of these other matchups. I mean, I know France is a pretty good team. I, the Poles, the Poles are going to take take those guys on. Yeah. Matched with Senegal. Now, do you think England, who maybe didn't struggle in the, I mean, I wouldn't say struggle, but they didn't dominate the pool. Do you think this is when they kind of stretch out and 
kind of take take care of business. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, Senegal was fairly lucky to advance against Ecuador on the last day, mm. and uh, they're obviously without their number one striker, Sadio Mane. So I think in particular they're going to match up well against Senegal. Um, I think another angle that you definitely need to be aware of going into the knockout phase is that you are going to see a lot tighter games for the most part too. I think you're going to see I'm going to be targeting unders more frequently than overs right. uh, with a few lone exceptions like France and Argentina specifically in the next round. I think they're going to run over their opponents. But a lot of these games specifically early on in the first half are going to be a little bit more cagey. So I'm going to be looking to play under one goal in the first half on a lot of occasions mm-hmm. and uh, going under two and a half in a lot of cases too. So just, you know, for me and, and the non-soccer people in the world cup, when they get through full time or regular time, whatever, with the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they added time, then they do play an overtime stretch. Yes. Extra that's time. Right. How much time does that normally? So uh, now we're into the knockout phase. There'll be the 90-minute game. Mm-hmm. And then if the game is tied, they'll play two sessions of 15 minutes. Okay. And they play the full 30 minutes, regardless okay. of somebody scoring or not. So okay. if it goes into extra time, you're going to get an extra 30 minutes. And then there could be another two or three goals in that 30 minutes that yep. end it. Or if they're still tied, then they'll go on to the penalty shootout. Right. And then when you bet, I mean, obviously you're betting whatever you're betting if you're bidding a money line basically for them to win, if they win via shootout, you win your money, right? Uh, there's no exception for if they don't win in the extra time or something like that. Good question. I, that's something you definitely want to be aware of because if you go onto your app on the main page, mm-hmm. typically when you're making those bets, that's going to be settled on 90 minutes Okay. plus the, the stoppage time, whether that's right. four or six or right. 12 in this tournament on occasion. So you want to be extra careful. If you want to make a bet on a team, you can look for what they say to advance. That just means globally. They either win in normal time, they win in extra time, or in penalty shootouts. So that would be the to advance option. You can also get a little bit tricky, and a lot of books offer props. You can bet a team to win specifically in a PK shootout or Mm -hmm. specifically in extra time. Those are going to be a little bit longer shots because the odds of that are lower. But... uh, you just want to be careful when you make a bet on the main page, it's going to be settled at 90 minutes. So if you bet Argentina to win on the money line and they end up drawing and go into extra time, you're actually going to lose that bet. Mm, got it. Good to know. See, I, I knew I had to bring that up. Um, the last thing is for you, and I know you've been watching some of the games. Are you are you doing live betting here or are you just watching? Yeah. Are you doing pre-flop? Okay. So talk to us um, how you're doing that right now. Mostly pre-flop, but uh, as you as I get into the knockout stages here, I'm going to be a little bit more focused, certainly on the weekend for these games. And you can get a sense of how the game is going to, I think, uh, was it this afternoon when Germany and, and Costa Rica were playing? Germany was obviously getting a million chances, mm-hmm. and they went down 2-1. to one. I was already pretty heavily invested in that game, so I didn't jump in, but it could have been an opportune time to get in and bet on Germany live. You could either bet them a pick them mm-hmm. so that if they drew, it would be a push, or you could have probably gotten a pretty decent number at them to win that game, which they did come back to win 4-2. Nice. Yeah, a lot of, lot of goals scored late in that game. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, you can get a sense of the match, too. Like, if you're a totals better and you feel like it's going to break out if they're running up and down the pitch on either side, you could look at a, a live over too. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of soccer bettors that will bet under Mike Palm at mm-hmm. Vsin loves betting pre-flop under two and a half. And then if the game starts out slow in the first half, then he'll go over one and a half mm-hmm. to try to lock in that middle yeah, in some cases. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, well, good. I know you and night range have been bouncing some texts around. Thanks for making me part of the text chain. I'm learning some stuff. Yeah. But, uh, I... I'm definitely getting in on the knockout round. So great Exciting stuff. Okay, great. Well, um, next week we'll figure out the schedule. I, I do have this Christmas party thing and stuff we got to figure out, so we might have to do a different time. But um, okay. But thank thanks uh, for listening to us. Uh, you know, follow us at the Side Action Pod on Twitter and at Side Action Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at thirty one s Roberts. All right. Well, enjoy all the all the various types of football out there. <laughs> That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. 
We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.